If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to take a little deviation from our journey through Ephesians. We're going to find ourselves in the Gospel of Mark. You're going to be looking for chapter number 4. And we're going to be picking up in verse number 35. And Mark chapter 4, starting in verse number 35. A very familiar story. It's a story that we've heard many times over. But I think it's something that we need to continue to look at. I've titled this morning's message, Forecast, Calling for Storms. Forecast, Calling for Storms. In these last few days, probably going on weeks now, we have, as a family, gone through some storms gone through some physical storms and we've gone through some uh, just other types of storms and many of us have been hurting and many of us have come to the point where I don't know what else to do. I'll be honest with you this morning, I find myself in that position even as we speak. Storms have come. And we know that they're going to come. But when they come, we still get kind of thrown off course, don't we? I mean, we look around and we see that many of us are seen it happening but and we know I, I know the forecast says storms and we go on our way and we don't think about it but then when the storm comes then we find ourselves at a crossroads what am I going to do how am I going to handle this Many of you are going through storms right now. And we know that. And we see it happening, but... And we try to have words of comfort, and we, we, we go and we mean with good intentions. And, uh, but when it comes to us, sometimes we have a hard time practicing what we've been preaching, don't we? It's easy for us to be on the other side. And, but when we're in the midst of the storm, that's when we're either going to go one way or another. Now, I'm not here to ask you to feel sorry or anything like that. I'm just letting you know we've been in a storm. I have not divulged a lot of information, and, but you all know of my wife Donna, and she's had issues with migraines, and she's had issues with seizures, and she had another one Friday. And she's at home now, but she's not really doing all that great. And 
We're going to go and see the neurologist again. And it's frustrating, and many of you know exactly where I'm going. Dealing with health care, if you're not sick going into it, you'll be ill when you come out of it. <laughs> Amen? I mean, land sakes. Just get me to the right doctor. That's all I want. No, 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 no. Got to jump through some hoops here. That gets frustrating. Many of you maybe don't know this, but Donna also, and I was hesitant about going ahead and making this public, but I know that there's others that are dealing with it as well. Donna deals with post-traumatic stress. I'm telling you, I can't figure that out. I, 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 I've gone, we've, we know, and we, you know, we've uh, I've consulted and we've done all of that, but I'm telling you, that's, that's a hard one to get a hold of. And we have many in our congregation that are having to deal with that. And their families are having to deal with that. And I'm just here to let you know, I take a whole different look now at those that have to suffer with that. We can go ahead and say, I just can't see why they can't snap out of it and whatnot like that. You don't understand what they're dealing with. And I'm not here to beat up on people and I'm just letting you know I've had to learn too and I haven't handled it as well as I should have. So I'm just going to let you know that this sermon is probably meant for me. I don't mean to be selfish about it, but I just need this word today. The songs already, I know, I already know God's in this. Heard the song, I would just hold on to Jesus. I needed to hear that. The song that was just sung about Jesus and his victory and how he's going to be resurrected, and, and I needed that. And I need this word today. But I also think that there's others that need to hear this word today. The forecast for every one of us calls for storms. Just go ahead and get ready for it. But what are, how are we going to deal with the storms? That's what really matters. So, verse number 35. It says, while he yet spake, there came uh, from the other... Uh, well, I'm in the wrong. What, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I've uh, messed up here, haven't I? I'll try it again. This looks a little better. Mark chapter 4, just like I told you, right? Hey, I've had a rough weekend, okay? So. Well, how long are you going to play that card there, Brother Mike? <laughs> as long as I get results. <laughs> Here, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. It's towards the end of the chapter. I mean...
In the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us, underline that word, let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus is speaking here. Jesus has had a long, hard day. He's had a deal with Pharisees. If you've ever had a deal with a Pharisee, that will wear you out. You say, well, Brother Mike, I don't know any Pharisees. Oh, yes, you do. Maybe you are one. I don't know. A Pharisee where they, you know, got their nose up in the air and they just know everything. You can't tell them nothing. They got all the answers. You know, see, some of you already had names just pop up just like that. So he's had to deal with Pharisees. Also, there were some that thought they were helping Jesus, thought Jesus has lost his mind. They was going to kidnap him and, you know, make sure he was taken care of. And then he comes, uh, been a hard day, been preaching. Now he gets in the boat and he uses the boat for a pulpit. He's preaching to the multitudes that they're on the shoreline. And so after that, uh, he tells the boys, boys, let's go to the other side. And he says, and when they had seen uh, him, uh, uh, sent him away, uh, sent away the multitude, they took him... Uh, uh, they took him uh, and they went to the other uh, side. Now, I'm going to just stop right there. I want to stop in verse number 35 and understand. Here's the, the news here. Is that Jesus is already in the boat. But the scripture says that they took him. In other words, Jesus is tired. Jesus has had a long, hard day. In this text, we see the humanity of Jesus. Jesus got tired just like we get tired. Jesus was tired of fooling with folks. I'm just to be honest. He dealt with people, uh, difficult people. Uh, he's been preaching and uh, I mean, it's a long day. And so uh, he's on the boat and he goes and he tells them, now we're going to go to the other side. He tells them, if you continue to read through the text here, and he goes to sleep. Uh, he goes and he says, well, I'll catch up with you later. The Bible goes on and says they're, they're rowing. And as they get out a little ways, the Bible says, a, Mark says, a great storm of wind. Matthew calls it a great tempest. I mean, the water gets raging. A storm has blown up. Now, it's not unusual for a storm to just blow up on the Sea of Galilee. We understand that the Sea of Galilee is sort of like a bow, if you will. It's 680 feet below sea level. Uh, it's 13 miles long, about 7 miles wide. It's surrounded by mountain ranges. And uh, it's a deep lake. Uh, it's called the Sea of Galilee, but actually it's a small lake. At the deepest, it's 150 feet deep. The winds, when they would start whipping up, they would come over those mountain ranges and they would have down drafts. And because of that, the water can get churned up very quickly. 
It can be very calm, but in just a few moments, uh, it's been said that they've seen waves as high as 20 feet. Now, if you know anything about being on the lake, you can identify that you probably don't want to be in 20-foot waves in a fishing boat. But that's what's happened. And we see as the story continues to go on that now the disciples are, 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 are upset. Uh, they're fearing for their very lives. They're crying out. They think they're going to die. They think that this is it. We're, we're going to go down. We're going to, we're going to drown right here in the Sea of Galilee. But the whole time they realize Jesus is still asleep. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we're going through the midst of the storm, we're looking around and we think that Jesus has gone asleep. Jesus, where are you? Don't you know I'm in a storm? Don't you know that we are going to die? And so here we see, first of all, the seriousness. The seriousness is that this storm is a storm that has caught them off guard. It's a storm that has now turned themselves, their world upside down. It's a storm that they do not have to know how to deal with. And there's somebody here today, that's exactly where you're at in your life. A storm has come into your life. And you're looking around and you're saying, I wasn't expecting this. You're looking around and saying, Lord, where are you? And, and the water is getting higher. And the Bible says here in the text, it says now the boat is full. If you know anything about boats, you want the water on the outside of the boat, not on the inside. So now the water is coming in. And what happens when water comes in? That means this boat's fixing to go down. That's exactly where we're at. But here, notice, Jesus is asleep. But in verse number 39, they go and they wake Jesus up. And Jesus, all he says was, be still. Be still. And the Bible says the waters ceased and became calm. Somebody here, you're in the middle of a storm. You're coming, and notice the word perish here that's used in the text. Literally what it means is, this thing's going to kill us. Been there? Some of you have been there. It could be a physical storm. It could be a financial storm. It could, uh, whatever the case may be, there's a storm raging in you and you've come to the point in your life where you're saying, Lord, if you don't do something, this is going to kill me. That's where they're at. There's somebody here today. That's where you're at. And, and we also see that Jesus. He says, be still. There's somebody here that you wish you could hear on an audible voice. The Lord Jesus says, I'll calm your storm. I'll calm your storm. 
I don't know about you, but I've been praying, God, would you calm this storm? I didn't, don't handle it well at times. I've said things like, this thing is about to kill me. But it hasn't. And it won't. Because the master's on board. Aren't you glad Jesus is on the boat? You might think he's asleep. But I'd rather have a sleeping Jesus than no Jesus at all. (laughs) Jesus is on your boat. And so we see a number of things. Notice the word here uh, that says be still. The, the same word that was used in Mark chapter 1 verse number 25 means to hold your peace. And when Jesus said it there, He was talking to demons. Oh, this gets good right now. We see that God, uh, the Lord Jesus, has power to quieten and to shut up the demons. And maybe it's your storm that's brewing and Satan has stirred it up. He's whipped the waves up. And he's been telling you things like, you know what? You might as well go ahead and drop out of church. Why do you go to church? I mean, here you are. Your life is upside down. You got water in your boat. You're fixing to go down, my dear friend. And you're still calling on and crying out to this Jesus. Where's your Jesus? All Jesus has to do is say, shut up. Now, children, I know that's not post what you said, but hey. That's what it means. He has power to close their mouths. And if Jesus has power to close demons' mouths, He has power to calm your waves that's crashing in on your boat. And so the story goes on. He says, "Uh, what's the source? Well, we really don't know what caused this storm. Now we can uh, go and be meteorologists and say, well, this is what happened. Uh, a, a front came through. It collided. You know, we could do all of that, but we really don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what caused it. It just happened. But we understand that storms that come into our lives, there's three sources. First of all, sometimes our storms are created by us because of our sin, because of our disobedience. Sometimes we bring the storms on ourselves. But then also we understand that sometimes God will allow the storm to come. Now, when God allows the storm to come, and maybe He even sends the storm, the purpose that He has is to get you closer to Him. Have you ever thought the storm that you're going through this morning? Could very well be that the Lord is getting your attention. He's been trying to get your attention and you haven't responded to Him. So He says, okay, I'll just whip up a storm. Now, He didn't do it because of of malice. He's doing it because He wants you to get closer to Him. I don't know what you're going to do in your storm, but my prayer is that my faith would kick in and I'll recognize that this is going to make me better when we get through this storm. By the way, the storm will be over. It will soon pass. Some of you are thinking, well... Oh, land sakes, this thing's been going on for quite some time now. I can identify with that. 
for four or maybe even five years we've been going through this storm. And, and, and we've been praying and seeking and, and my prayer has been, Lord, would you just go ahead and heal my wife? Go ahead and heal my wife. And then I've come to recognize maybe the Lord was trying to get Mike's attention. It was Mike that wouldn't handle this thing the way he should be handling this. Mike was getting all flustered because he couldn't fix things. My dear friend, there's just some things we can't fix. Only the God, only God can fix some of our storms. And maybe the storm that's raging with us today is that God is trying to get our attention. He says, I just need you to get closer. I want to have more intimate relationship with you. I need you to have uh, an intimate fellowship with me. And so sometimes God will cause the storm. But also we understand that it could very well be that Satan sometimes creates the storms. You ever heard this saying? I've said it many times. Lord, I just don't understand why this storm is coming to me. You know we love you and you know we're trying to serve you. Could it be that Satan's causing the storm because he knows you're serving him? He knows you love Jesus and he's trying to do everything he can to derail you. Now, He can't possess you, but He sure can oppress you. And so, however the source of the storm, reality is, it's a storm. But I want you to notice here, uh, this storm was in their face. Notice, the Bible says that the wind was coming, and and the the waves were coming into the boat. I mean, the water is, is coming into their face. The wind's blowing in their face. It's at night, mind you. By the way, it's kind of unusual for storms to erupt in the nighttime. It's usually during the daytime. So even more, this is an unexpected storm. But it's in their face. I mean, they can't see. It's pitch dark. The waves are coming in. They do not know what direction they're going in. They don't know how close they are to the shore. See, sometimes in our storm, when it's in our face, we're, we, we're so wrapped up and we're so caught up with the storm in and around us that we forget to realize the shoreline is not too far away. This storm will pass. Now you might have another one. And you might have another one after that. But the storm will pass. But they couldn't see that. And maybe you're in that position this morning that your storm that's raging, you're not able to see that this thing is going to be over. I will get through it. But I want you to, to, even though that's serious there, it's in their face, it's even more serious, it was all in their faith. Oh, this storm was all in their faith. Notice when they come to Jesus, they say, Jesus, don't you even care? The storm's right. They got Jesus on board. And they said, Jesus, don't you even care? They've come to a point in their life where they thought uh, and they were thinking that God didn't care anymore for us. Even though He was in the boat. Even though it was Him that said, let us go over together. When the storm rages, our faith is going to be tested. Is it not? 
Some of you, your faith is being tested. And so it says, don't you even care. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. Jesus is speaking. Jesus says, I know your infirmities. See, Jesus suffered just like we suffered. Jesus had uh, bad days just like you had bad days. He can identify with you, and you can identify with Him. No matter what storm you're going through, the storm that Jesus had to go through in order for you to be saved is far more severe than the one that you think that is so severe for you. I've had to realize that as well. I'm just be honest with you. I was going around and I'm saying, Lord, I'm telling you, I don't understand. And I, I got to the point where I thought, I'm the only one that's going through a storm. And then I started thinking about some of our church members. And their names came to my mind. And their situations are even more difficult than the one that I'm going through. We got some people that are really going through some storms. We have people that have to go on a regular basis to get chemo and radiation. We got people that uh, have thought they were just going to spend a week in the hospital. It's coming up on three weeks. And the doctors are kind of like, oh, we don't know what else. Well, let's try this, let's try this. We need to understand that Jesus identifies our sufferings because He suffered as well, even more so. But then He goes on and says, in Hebrews, He says, and He will give you grace when you need it. Oh, grace. No wonder they call it amazing grace. And I can give you testimony that I've seen the grace of God working in our storm. And many here today could stand up and say, Oh, I got a testimony about His grace. Oh, I got a testimony about His grace. Oh, Brother Mike, just when we thought it was a done, we just thought we couldn't go any step or the further, His grace sustained us and brought us through. And so here, um, it says in Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus says that I will not leave you. That word is an interesting word. The word literally means will not let you sink. That's pretty good right there. Jesus says, I ain't going to let you sink. Oh, you might think you're going to go down, but I'm not going to let you sink. Because I'm not going to leave you. And he goes on and says, I'm not going to forsake you. The word means he will not desert you. May I remind you once again, Jesus was in the boat with them. May I remind us today, Jesus in the boat with us. Oh, I'm telling you, I like going and getting on the boat, and I like going and fishing. I've been with some wonderful people, but I'll tell you what, I'll pick Jesus uh, for a crewmate any day. Jesus is in your boat this morning. 
You might not feel like He is. You might think He's left you. You might think that He's abandoned you. You might think that you're going down, but I got good news for you. Also, from the Word of God, Isaiah chapter 49. We see it in verses 14 through 16. Isaiah chapter 49. Uh, There was a time when Zion or Jerusalem, Jerusalem thought God had left them. Uh, They they said, God, you've forgotten about us. Lord, where are you in this? Jesus spoke to them and He said, He says, uh, would a mother leave a nursing child? The answer is, of course not. And then he goes on and he says, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't left you. He says, the scripture tells us there in the King James, he says, I got you in the palms. of." In other words, he says, I got you in my hands. Do you realize that today? In your storm, you're in the hands of Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, and your walls are continually before me. And what are you saying is, I know exactly where you're at, Jerusalem. I know exactly where you're at, Jerusalem. And I made a promise with you that I will always have you In my hands. My dear friend, if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, and you're going through a storm this morning, and you're going through a storm that you're saying is about to kill me, you just keep on hanging on, hanging on to Jesus because He's got you right where you need to be in His hands. But then He goes on. And He says, Oh, well... In verse number 35, and he says, let us. Here again, he's reminding them that I'm going to be here with you. I'm telling you, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and there's times when I forgot about that. There's times when I forgot about that, but I'm constantly reminded that Jesus knows exactly where Mike is today. Jesus knows right where Donna's at today. Jesus knows where we live today. Jesus knows where we're at, and He says, I have not forgotten you. I don't know about you, but when I hear the words of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when He tells me I'm in His hands, when He tells me He's not going to forsake me, when He tells me that He's not going to leave me, when He tells me that He will not let us go through this by ourselves, my faith kicks in high speed and says, oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know our boat's getting full, but I still praise you today because you are King of kings and you're Lord of lords and you have me right where I need to be. You have not left. You will never leave me. You will stick with me and you will have me to come to know that I will spend not only here with you, but I can spend all eternity with you. My dear friends, that helps me to realize that my boat is not going to sink. We're not going down. We We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. He has given us everything we need and He will see us to the other side. Oh, somebody needs to praise Him this morning. You're going through a 
storm. But you keep on hanging on to Jesus and Jesus will keep hanging on to you. But even when you let go of Jesus, Jesus is still hanging on. Oh, glory to God. He's here. He will be here. He will never leave us. Praise the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I will not sink. Oh, that, oh, I'm telling you what, I already feel. Thank you so much. You've helped me. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. What can separate you from the love of God? Here's the short version. It's pretty deep too. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. Not death. Not a storm, not heartache, not suffering. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Well, then he goes, verses 39 through 41. Why does he send the storm? Sometimes he sends storms to bring correction into our lives. Sometimes he brings a storm to perfect our faith, to make us stronger. I believe with all of my heart that the storms that I'm having to go through, my family's having to go through, and many of our families are going through is to help us to get stronger in our faith. Brother Mike, couldn't he find an easier way? If he found an easier way, we wouldn't pay attention. Will we not? When things are going okay and it's candy coated all the way through, that's not going to build our faith. But when the storms come raging and we keep hanging on to Jesus, that's what's going to get us stronger in our faith. But then, sometimes there are storms because of instruction. This is a storm that the Lord was trying to teach them something. What was He trying to teach them? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20, we see that it says, and I'm paraphrasing here, it says that the Lord will give you more than what you've asked for. Here's a question for you. As you're going through your storm, do you think God is all-powerful? Do you believe that God can do anything that He chooses to do? Do you think that it would be hard for the Lord to raise a dead person up? Nope. Did it a few times, did He not? Do you think that maybe... They've lost sight here. The disciples lost sight that they saw where Jesus healed a leper. Do you believe that God can heal diseases? Do you believe that God can physically touch and heal you? Do you believe that uh, He can make people that are sick well again? See, Peter's mother-in-law, same way, Jesus went. Took care of that situation, did he not? Do you believe that Jesus can cast out demons? They saw him do that. 
He cast out demons. Do you believe that He can heal the crippled? Jesus did that. But watch this. The disciples saw Jesus do miracles. And yet they're in a storm. And they're asking Him, Don't you even care, Jesus? So Jesus said, Well, they saw me do this, saw me do that. I guess I just need to send a storm to help them to see how powerful I really am. Oh, this is where you ought to be shouting if you're going through a storm. Could it be that the storm that you're going through today is just helping you to see how powerful the God that you serve really is? Oh, it's one thing to say, oh, He's all-powerful, He's all-powerful. But then when a storm comes, and we're just like the disciples, Jesus, don't you even care. Jesus, you're sleeping and we're dying. Don't you care? They forgot. This storm was no big deal. I don't know if this is what took place, but you think that the Bible says that Jesus arose. Jesus got up. Amen. Now, here again, spiritual imagination. He's rubbing sleep from his eyes. Storms are crashing in. I mean, the storm's still raging when he got up, right? And he, he's, he, he's, you know, and they're like, oh, and they're crying and they're carrying up. They go, oh, Jesus, you don't care. We're dying, we're dying. The storm is going to take us all. And Jesus says, is to deal with these guys. So he gets up and he says, Be still. That's all he did, didn't he? He said, Be still. Do you understand the storm that you, all you have to have is a word from God and he can calm your storm. God is all powerful, God can do it. Do you really believe that? The disciples didn't believe it at the time, but I believe they believed it after it. Why do I say that? They get to the other side. And the first thing that we see recorded, if I'm not mistaken, is he's talking to a demon-possessed man. Now, you just think that demon-possessed man would just by coincidence happen to be there on the other side when Jesus came over? Absolutely not. Jesus knew that he was going to be over there. And he just taught these disciples a lesson. And when they got to the other side and they see the demon-possessed man, I can't help but think they're saying, he's got this. (laughs) He'll take care of it. No worries here. Why? Because they just saw how powerful God really is. This morning, there's somebody here that's going through a storm. And I need to remind you and I need to be reminded this morning as well. If God so chooses, He just has to speak. And He'll take care of your storm. But watch this. 
But if he chooses not, and he does many times, he doesn't take the storm away. We still praise him. Because even though he might not calm the sea, he'll give you the grace to go through it. There's somebody here today. You just need to be set free. And you just need to hang on to Jesus. And you need to continue to praise Him. And you need to continue to worship Him. And you need to continue to live for Him. Because one day, one day, you will not have to encounter another storm for all eternity. No more storms. But until we get there, the forecast calls for storms. It's how we deal with them that really matters. How are you dealing with your storm this morning? Have you given it all to Jesus? Or have you been like the disciples and say, I'm doomed. It's the end. What's the use of keeping on, keeping on? My dear friend, Jesus wants you to continue holding on to Him. Paul said it this way, His grace will be sufficient for you.